Hey guys, it's Kevin Hughes from TikToking, and before we get to the show, I just wanted to tell you about my live show at the Oriental Theater in Denver, Colorado, July 7th. I'm going to have special guests, Rise Hendricks, Christian McCartney, and Jeremy and Carrie Muner, and we're going to do some live podcasting, live music, and live stand-up comedy. You guys won't want to miss this. It's going to be so fun, so funny. I mean, come on, Rise Hendricks, you know that means weird bars, right? What more do I have to say about that? Tickets starting at only 25 bucks, and you can buy them now at theorientaltheater.com. Remember, guys, July 7th, the Oriental Theater in Denver, Colorado. So buy your tickets now, theorientaltheater.com, and come join us for some fun and laughs. What more can I say? Be there, guys. All right, let's get back to the show. Welcome to TikToking. I'm your host, Kevin Hughes, and I have a wild one for you today. I have MK on the show. She's a kickboxer, a teacher. She's, oh man, she's just so much. There was so much in this episode that we're definitely going to do a part two because we barely got to talk about a piece of her life. She's such an amazing person. She was so much fun to have on the show, and I really know you guys are going to enjoy this one. So without further ado, guys, please enjoy this episode of TikToking with me, Kevin Hughes, and my guest today, MK. Enjoy. TikToking, TikToking, where creators come to play. TikToking, TikToking, find out what they have to say. Tick-tocking, a tick-tocking, fascinating interviews. Tick-tocking, a tick-tocking, tick-tocking with Kevin Hughes. Welcome to Tick-tocking. I'm your host, Kevin Hughes. And today, my special guest, my longtime coming guest, is the one and only MK. What's up, MK? How are you? Hi, Kevin. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Gosh, I'm so happy we finally made this happen. <laughs> it's been okay. I'm nervous, but it's okay. <laughs> no, no, don't be nervous. <laughs> so you're uh, you're in Canada, right? I am. I'm in um, Ontario, and I was born and raised in Niagara, so Niagara region, um, which is like one of the seven wonders of the world, um, Niagara Falls. And I've lived, born and raised here, so I've been living here all my entire life so yeah wow and um and you've been to the u.s too haven't you nope i've never lived in the u.s ever but oh i meant just visited have you visited Um, the u.s i have yeah (laughs) i've visited the u.s um i'm 20 minutes away from buffalo so it's literally like just a hop skip jump away to just hop over to the united states it's like it's actually crazy to think that you're like 10 minutes from a, a different country yeah, so that is crazy. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, I've, I've been in the U.S. quite a bit. So which one do you enjoy more? Uh, <laughs> that's a loaded question. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, I yeah. know you've only visited here in the U.S., but when you come to visit, do you kind of like the environment a little bit better than what you're used to in Canada? Or are you because I've met people both like I, I've met I've interviewed a few people that were from Canada and they're like, I will never live in the US again. Like they've lived here and they're like, nope, Canada's it for me. Um, I've never lived in the US. So it's hard for me to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
like, I think everything that's going on here in Canada right now, I mean, it's a little bit of a tough situation with the freedom of rights and kind of what we've been dealing with, especially with the convoy that just happened. So, I mean, I kind of have mixed feelings about it, hmm. um, but I can't really com- compare anything to living in Canada because I've never, I've never experienced anything different. So, I mean, I'm just thankful that I'm living somewhere that's safe and not um, like living in the Ukraine or right. yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that I am thankful for, for living here, but at the same time, there's a lot of things that uh, can be different and can be better. So, sure. Yeah. Now this is a very stereotypical question, but I have to ask, are you a hockey fan? Yes, I am. Um, I was born to be a Leaf fan because my dad and my brother, um, pretty much my whole entire family are all men. (laughs) So I'm I'm like the black sheep of the family. Um, but yeah, I was born to, to be definitely to be blue and white. Um, been a Leaf fan my whole life. Uh, can't say that I'm hardcore, uh, but they did win last night. I did watch the game, so that was impressive, but yeah, so I could say I'm a Leaf fan, but sports in general, I'm, I'm a pretty, I'm I'm fluent with a little bit. So, okay. So, uh, what other sports do you watch? You watch, uh, I'm guessing baseball. You got a New York Yankees hat on. This is just the swag. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just like the swag. This is honestly like, I just like how the brand looks. Cause it's okay. like, it's part of like a, uh, um, my daughter is a fashion consultant and she's, she wears it as part of like her whole ensemble of outfits. So Really, I'm not a Yankees fan. I have to say, I'm probably more of a Jays fan because, again, it's like Toronto Blue Jays, Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, living in the in in, you know, I'm only an hour away from Toronto, so yeah. I would say I'm probably closer to being a Jays fan and a Toronto Raptors fan for basketball again because it's again it's all related. So, yeah. Okay. Well, what do you do for a living? Okay. So I have been um, working with children for almost 25 years. So yeah, I'm a early childhood educator um, for over 25 years. I've been a kindergarten educator for over 12 years. So um, in my early career, I was more specialized with special needs um, and child development and working um in the school board for the last 12 years it's more just kindergarten ed so kindergarten teacher for the last 12 years and then i started um boxing so i became a certified boxing coach and that's kind of my side hustle outside of teaching so yeah so you're so you're a teacher and if the kids get out of line you can whoop their ass too, right? <laughs> yeah, don't mistake in my kindness for weakness because it won't work for you. <laughs> it's like, and it's funny because actually like the the skills that I teach them in boxing are very similar to the skills that I teach them at school. The only difference is, is that at in boxing they learn the fundamentals of boxing along with all the other areas of development. So it's kind of goes hand in hand. The boxing is like actually really good for child development. If you guys are out there and you have kids and you want them to learn 
um, commitment and dedication and perseverance and self-esteem and self-confidence. And even just so they know that they're worthy of, of themselves. Um, a lot of kids struggle like throughout my career, I've noticed, um, mentally they struggle. Anxiety is a huge thing. Um, some of them have, have experienced childhood traumas. So boxing is just an outlet for them also just to kind of improve their life and their well-being. So that's kind of what my goal is as a boxing coach. I don't really do it so much for the fitness part about it. I do, but I don't. Um, it's more for their mental health than anything. So. Okay, so you do, it's when you coach, it's mainly just children, or do you do all age groups? Nope, I do all age groups. Okay. Um, I've coached everything from, because um, I am a certified coach, so I've co- but I don't train, like, for the Olympics, it's not, no. <laughs> it's not, you're not going to be like, you know, or, or the next, uh, Lennox Lewis or anything. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> Muhammad Ali. Like, I mean, those are all my favorites, but I essentially like I train people for fitness, for mental health, um, and just to learn the fundamentals. So I train f- all ages of children, um, up to adolescence. I train women. I have trained men, um, the tough part about training men is size. Sometimes sure. when they're bigger and stronger, like my son, um, who's like six foot three and his reach is like twice the, the reach of my arm. <laughs> it's sometimes hard on my shoulders. So when you do hand pads and you're holding pads, it's tough on your shoulders. So I try to avoid, um, I'm just picky about what kind of men I choose to train. <laughs> sure, <laughs> if you're that makes the same sense. size as me, you, you're a go. You're you're good. But if you're bigger <laughs> and you're stronger, it's probably going to be a hard. No, I need my shoulders. So, <laughs> so but I do tall. train. I do train a lot of. Um, I do a ladies' class and a women's class. So I do mm. train a lot of women and children, and I've done um, some specialized training with like. Um, children with special needs. So like autism, um, I've done some training with some kids that are kind of just in the system that need an outlet for anger management. Um, I've done that. So I'm kind of fluent with all, all different walks of life. So it's good. Okay. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. How tall are you? I'm five, five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're in really good shape. I've seen like some some photos and stuff. Like you're in really really good shape. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> like I used to be in really good shape. I'm not in as good a shape anymore. But uh, but yeah, yeah, you definitely put in the work. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, I that's kind of you to say. I mean, I'm gonna give you just a little bit of a backstory because it wasn't uh, like I just I didn't start boxing until I was 42 years old. Okay. So I'm 46. I know a man should never ask a lady her age, but I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, on this podcast, I definitely ask. So <laughs> it seems to be like the big question from a lot of people on my TikTok. There's three questions that are like the prominent questions that everybody wants to know all the and time. Let me ask. Like, let me ask. I'm going to guess this one. Okay, go, go. It's going to be age. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, we were just talking about that. Yeah. Are you single? Yeah. <laughs> and um, I'm going to go on a out on a whim here, but I'm going to say, can we see your feet? Uh, I have been asked if they could see, I have been asked that. (laughs) Okay. They could see my feet. But then another one is when can we go on a date? And they can live like 
halfway across the world or when are we going to go for coffee or when are we going to go on a date? And it's like, mm, probably not anytime soon. <laughs> but another one is like, are you crying? Like every time I do a live, they're like, are you crying? Because I guess my eyes look like they're always watering and they might be, but it's like, no, I'm not. It's just, the, it's just the, the infinity light or the lighting. It just kind of waters my eyes. But, mm. um, so yeah, I was, I started boxing when I was 42. Um, I got into boxing by taking a chance of doing, um, of signing up for a charity event. So I never boxed a day in my life. I have never picked up a pair of boxing gloves ever. I was always athletic mm -hmm. and I always was really kind of into hardcore, like, you know, CrossFit or working out at the gym or any sport really. And yeah. I was always kind of just had an, an athletic ability. So I just come out of a really bad divorce. And um, I was kind of just like at a really low point in my life. So I had just had back surgery. So I had I had I have degenerative disc disease. And I had L4 L5 um, disc surgery which was like it it's essentially they remove a disc out of your back um because it was ca causing uh, paralysis oh wow so the disc is like pushing on your nerves and it's basically almost severing it like the perseveration is so was so severe that it was almost severing the nerves in my back which could have essentially permanently paralyzed me yeah so um <clears throat> In 2017, I had back surgery and not even a year and a half later, I started my boxing journey after that. Wow. So, yeah. So I signed up for um, a charity event, which was called KO for Kids. And it's an event that was to raise money for children's mental health and childhood cancer. So you have three months to train for the event. Um, it's in front of, it was in front of like a, I don't know, maybe 1600 people. <laughs> oh, wow. And yeah. So it's a sanctioned, it's an actual sanctioned fight. It's like an amateur, real amateur fight. Um, that was sanctioned through boxing Ontario. So I was able to, uh, do the event and have a sanctioned boxing match. And after the, the fight, after the charity, I just decided that it was something that I was passionate about. And I saw the change that it made in my life for me and how empowering it was for me and how it just gave me an outlet, like even just for my mental health. And it was more of a therapy for me than it was a sport. So I was able to have that gift really to now use to help other people. I know this all sounds so touche, but it's also true. Like, it's just like, you know, I felt like I, I was able to cite, like kind of have this sign from the universe saying like, this is what you're going to do. And this is going to be like your life's purpose now. And it's like outside of like, we're already working with children and having um, my own children. It was like, okay, well now I'm able to use this sport to kind of help kids that are, you know, in, in a position of needing to work on their self-esteem and their self-confidence and women too. Um, 
it's kind of goes along with the same same mentality. The women are kind of not in it for the sport. They're in it for the confidence and the empowerment and just feeling some sort of self-worth really. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. So I've always kind of tried to talk myself into getting into boxing only because my whole life I've been, you know, lifting weights or, you know, the treadmill, the bait, you know, just the normal, what most 99% of people do, you know, they go into the gym, they're lifting weights, they get on the treadmill, mm -hmm. they do whatever. But I was ready. I'm like ready to try something different. Maybe kind of like, I don't even know how to put it. Just basically broaden my knowledge all around fitness as a whole, instead of just, you know, focusing on that one aspect of it. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, I've definitely been thinking about it and I don't know why it's so nerve wracking. I think because now ever since I had reconstructive knee surgery, I haven't done really much any, any working out. And so mm -hmm. I'm really nervous to just get in there and just get my ass whooped because I'm so out of shape, you know, and like, it's embarrassing at the same time. because I've never had to deal with that, you know? Yeah. The nice thing about boxing though, is that it is a whole body workout. Mm -hmm. And if you have a good coach or a personal trainer that can kind of modify things for you, like I, I know from my own experience as a coach, I have women in my class that have had knee surgery. Um, and basically you just modify how their workout's going to go to protect those parts of their bodies. Right. So you just, it's basically just kind of being aware of what you're doing with your body, but you're still, you're still capable because I'm a proven example of that. Right. So that is true. Yeah. Yeah. And I always tell people, um, through like their, their, self-help journey is that it's always better to start somewhere than not start at all mm -hmm. so i mean like you can't expect to start boxing and be like you know the heavyweight champion of the world like you're gonna start at like a really moderate basic level and then you kind of just build up to being a better boxer over time like it's i've been boxing for four years and i'm not even close to what i think i could be but it's a process it's not the it's the journey not the destination sure so, yeah okay well that's awesome yeah maybe i'll have to um reconsider it because and maybe find somewhere local that i can go and maybe start taking some classes i would love to do it yeah the nice thing about my <laughs> program is that i don't do it out of a boxing gym so it's oh. less intimidating for people because a lot of women walk into a boxing gym and all they, they look around and they see, you know, different people banging on a bag and um, at a speed bag, you know, and then it's like, oh, my God, they're like, I can't do that. Yeah. So this is kind of like an opportunity for them to, to feel less intimidated and not as um, inferior to the sport. Right. So they walk in there and they're comfortable. It's in a studio. So it's just myself and them. That's it. Oh, that's cool. So it's kind of like yeah. private lessons, really. Kind of, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and you said your son does it as well. So how many how many children do you have? I have two. So two I children. have a 20-year-old son and an 18-year-old daughter. Okay. Yeah. Well, first off, yeah, it blows my mind you're 46. You do not look 46. Yeah. 
<laughs> for sure. <laughs> and by the way, this is a burn on my neck in case anyone else oh, hurts. I didn't even see it. <laughs> oh, you're just I having fun. It. It's okay. It's <laughs> 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 right. So, okay. So I want yeah, to talk my about son, your... Uh, my son is, is 20 and my daughter's 18. So, yeah, the... the the um, the boxing kind of just my son has just started kind of getting interested in it, but my daughter has not. She's not uh, she's not a big fan, which is pretty surprising because I mean you would think uh, you know your daughter seeing you at like your growth and your ability in boxing and everything that you've accomplished, you would think she'd be like, oh well, maybe I'll follow in mom's footsteps because she knows yeah. the way, you know. Yeah. But, is their father still involved in their lives? Uh, he's involved. He's not involved in my life, but sure. he's, he's involved in their lives. Yeah. Right. And I was asking, I didn't know if he was kind of, um, a fitness guru as well, or, um, if he's not really into that kind of stuff. Uh, no, I would say okay. probably not. No, I could okay. probably whoop his ass if I wanted to. <laughs> I get, and I don't doubt that. I was, uh, yeah. I guess I was leaning towards maybe, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe the kids, uh, Maybe just since if they're with both of you guys, you know, kind of half and half, it's uh, they she's just maybe going more off of his traits and for now anyway. No, she's um, no, she's just a different breed. She's the type of she's a really girly girl, wants to get her nails done. Um, you know, she's a fashion consultant uh, by day. She's still a student. She's just. At this stage in her life, she's just a typical teenager that mm. just wants to be like a Kim Kardashian. Like, honestly, that's kind of where she's okay. at in her life. Like, as a boxer, you can't have your nails done. Like, you're um, you're constantly wearing hoodies and track pants and caps. And, um, you know, it's kind of a life. It's a lifestyle. It really is. It's not, it's not something. And I'm not saying, like, you can't be feminine in any way because I am and I can be. Because mm -hmm. I do, I have, you know, I'm a boxer by night and a kindergarten educator by day. And then I'm a crypto NFT creator um, also on top of all of that. So that's a oh. whole nother, a whole nother uh, thing to talk about. But um, yeah, she's just more of a girly girl. So she's never really, but she's never been one to be in athletics. She's more into... Um, I don't even know what doing her hair and nails. That's about it. Okay. <laughs> you know what? She actually just went to school to be an eyelash technician. So there you go. <laughs> oh, cool. All yeah. right. Well, well, now I'm intrigued because uh, let's talk a little bit about the crypto stuff. Yeah. Now I, I've heard so much about crypto, mm -hmm. but I have not, I have not gotten into it at all. Like I just, okay. I mean, I just don't know. I hear about it, but like when people talk about it, they don't really go in too much of the explaining of what it all means. And you said NFT as as well, right? Mm -hmm. So NFT to my knowledge is just a, you can take a picture and think it's going to be worth this amount of money mm -hmm. and sell it yeah. to somebody. And then hopefully it just keeps climbing. But I don't understand, I guess the part of how do you even price something when you don't know what it's going to be worth? You know what I mean? Yeah. So this is the only thing in with like with me is that so I was hired by a photographer to create the NFTs. 
So NFT is non-fungible token. That is what it stands for. And essentially what it is, is, is digital art that is kind of treated as like a collector's item. So it's just a modern, that's what it is. Like it's a modern day collector's item. And um, the photographer that hired me was using me as part of her projects to, to create the NFT. So that's why I said to you, like, I have so many different hats that I wear um, because I went from being like, you know, in the daytime, like I'm at school. I'm like, okay, kids, everybody zip it, lock it, put it in your pocket and sit down. And then at night I'm like, okay guys, you know, let's be ass. And then, and then on the weekends, it's like, I'm like, you know, Cindy Crawford, like (laughs) in front of the camera and trying to create these pieces of art for this photographer, which um, is like part of uh, her project. So essentially what she does is she comes up with collections and ideas of what she wants to do to put on it, put on as her NFTs. So um, she did a couple collections. Uh, like, for example, one of them is called the John Lennon and Yoko Ono collection. And it's a, all you need is love. So she used me as a model for the photo which is i'm actually john lennon and then yeah and then okay. another woman in the photo that's yoko ono and it was uh the photo was recreated as to like how john lennon and yoko one of their old like iconic pictures so the photo was recreated into that photo and she's actually turned that into an nft and it's called all you need is love um it's being sold on OpenSea, which is like a NFT site. Um, OpenSea is like one of the most popular ones where a lot of people sell their artwork. And um, yeah, so that's just one example. And basically, uh, you just go on there and you bid on the piece and you you have the rights to it. You own it. So Okay. And is that it's been so long since I seen the photo that I think you're referencing, but is it the one where they're like sitting on a bed or in bed or something like that? Is that the one you were recreating? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I, it's been a long time. I, I don't remember exact I think details. He's, but... he's naked actually. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to say, but I was like, no, she played John. I don't know how that would work, but <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how it works. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so how do you stamp a, say I have a photo that I wanted to use. How do you get that NFT mark on it? Or can anybody just throw it on one of those websites and it's automatically an NFT? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like yes. you could take a picture of a Kit Kat wrapper on a, on the sidewalk and post it as an NFT and say, that's art. <laughs> huh. And, and you could just price it at whatever you want and maybe mm-hmm. somebody will buy it. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. And how, but with cryptocurrency. Okay. So it's not, okay. So you're not getting paid cash. You're getting paid in crypto. That's right. Gotcha. But then, okay. So basically you have to have a crypto wallet with cryptocurrency. So you have to buy cryptocurrency to buy digital art and then it can be transferred into, I think U S dollars, I think. Okay. Yeah. So So, our, my, my, um, the work that I've done as a, uh, 
NFT creator, the it actually hasn't been launched yet. Her site is launched on OpenSea, but the collections of myself that she's done have not been launched yet, but they're they're going to be launched in the next upcoming weeks. This is the first time of her doing this, so she um I'll, I'll give a shout out to her. It's called uh her her site is Klee Images, so C L E E um is her photography business and so she's on there just right now doing um a lot of nfts of her work from africa so it's like elephants and giraffes and all kinds of really neat stuff and she's going to launch her collections of me and and other couple uh, another couple uh weeks of what she's been working on so there's quite a few collections but and they all mean something so like the John Lennon one is the um, all you need is love. So it's promoting love and humanity. Another one is like a body positivity collection. Um, I don't know if you may have seen on my Instagram the bought the uh, painted um, body art of my whole body being completely covered in paint painted. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. Yeah. So that's another one. Um, but yeah, that's just something that that I do again, like as a hobby and just something uh, outside of my comfort zone, something new, something exciting. I'm always looking for new adventures to do new things. Yeah. And it depends on what it is, but if it's something that's um, reasonable that I'm, that I'm okay to do without getting fired from my job. Yeah. <laughs> then I'll do it. Cause as a kindergarten educator, like you go from like one extreme to another. Right. So you have to kind of have some level of mindfulness of what you're choosing to do when you put yourself out there. Sure. <laughs> yeah. You. Know, hey, I, uh, my dad showed me this Instagram photo of you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or, no. Hey, like, um, I was on uh, Open Sea and I saw that photo of you. Um, yeah, you're because I they call me Miss D at school, right? Like, okay. So, it would be like, Miss D, like, what's up with that? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's just awkward. And it's <laughs> yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, so. Okay. But it's fun. Yeah. So as a person like myself, if I wanted to do the NFT, but I didn't have cryptocurrency, can I still submit the photo and then just, I guess, create a profile and then accept cryptocurrency? Or do I have to have? I think, yeah, I think you can. Okay. But you have you do have to open a wallet. Okay. Way. Yeah. Okay. Because they're going to pay you in crypto, so you have to have a wallet for when they pay you, right? Like it's like having PayPal. Right. The money has to go somewhere, so yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I just didn't know if I had to be invested in crypto in order to receive. No, crypto. you don't. No. Okay. Huh. Yeah. That's crazy. I don't... I'm wondering. Yeah, that's so interesting because I've always wondered about that and I thought about doing some researching on it. Um, you've answered a lot of the questions already that I really were, was trying to think about, but it's, uh, it's very interesting to me that someone just came up with an idea like, Hey, just take a picture of anything and it's art, mm -hmm. you know, and it could be worth a lot of money. Cause I've seen, or I, I shouldn't say I've seen, I've heard people selling for like millions like, that's it's true crazy yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's usually like the same artists that or that are the ones that are like continuously producing nft work that are just like making so much money okay yeah and then if if you were to sell something 
once you sell it, all the rights goes to the person that bought mm-hmm. it, right? So like That's you no right. longer have any control of that photo whatsoever. Nope. Uh, okay. you're sell you're giving the rights you it's that's why it's like remember i said it's like a modern day collector's item yeah because you're really essentially you're selling the rights to that digital art to the to the buyer so it will completely be um like out of your hands it goes right to the buyer and then they can sell it to someone mm-hmm. else for more money than what they pay for it that's how it works right like people buy and sell buy and sell so it's kind of like almost even like an auction sort of wow that's cool now it is cool I'm super interested now like that. <laughs> I was sort of interested. Now I'm really interested. It's awesome. See all the things you just learned about me, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. I knew very little. I knew, I, <laughs> I knew what you did on TikTok and I knew that you boxed, but I don't think I knew that you were a teacher. You and know I what's definitely... funny is that we haven't even talked about TikTok. We just. <laughs> oh, we're getting there. <laughs> we're it's getting just been there. like all, all the other things. Yeah. Well, you have so much going on and you're so interesting and it's. I almost find it because I talk about TikTok a lot on this podcast. So it's like, oh, hearing about all this other stuff other than TikTok yeah. is very fun. So, well, you know, what's interesting is that I speak very little of all of the things that we just talked about on my TikTok. Yeah. So my TikTok is actually very indifferent to my real life. And it, but it is, but it isn't. So it's, I don't post a lot about my career, like my being a kindergarten educator, like it's actually really not affiliated much with any of my TikToks. Um, neither my boxing is a little bit, but not much. There's not a lot of content on there about that either. Mm-hmm. And there's very little about my NFT um, side gig on there as well. Sometimes I'll, I'll kind of just put one in there just to kind of um, give a shout out to uh, the the photographer just mm-hmm. to give her props, but, um, I don't, yeah, I kind of separate everything from, from TikTok. It's a little yeah. bit different. Yeah. And actually, so all of your content that I've seen, it's a lot of, um, motivational type stuff, you know, like you're always trying to, you know, let people know that you are better than what you may think. Like, don't give up on yourself. Um, it's really like a pick-me-up tick, TikTok, and I love that because there's not <laughs> a lot of those out there, you know? And, I know, yeah. And I love, like, a lot of the time you're just waking up out of bed. You're like, hey, good morning, and you just have, like, <laughs> some, like, inspirational words for everybody, and I think that's so cool, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm literally in bed, and I was like, I'm just opening my eyes. I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, oh, shit, it's, like, 8.30, 9 o'clock. I'm like... I got to do my good morning TikTok and I used to wait. This is how ridiculous it was. Like I used to get up, get ready, like do my hair, put on makeup, make coffee, like all the, like stage it almost. You know what I mean? Like, like do all the things. And then I'm like, this is stupid. Like, (laughs) why am I doing all this just to make a a, a seven second video? Like, because then I'm kind of like going against everything that I'm, talking about unless I actually have to get up for work and I got to do all those things anyways and then I'll make a TikTok like after I'm like literally like two seconds away from going to work because I have like a five minute window that I can make a TikTok before I have to go into (laughs) into work for the day so I'm but yes on the weekends I was just like no I'm not getting out of bed and doing all this just to make a TikTok 
So I actually turned it into something relatable for people. So it's like, you know, self-care Sunday. So every Sunday it's like, yeah, I'm still in bed sleeping. Like I'm just getting up. I'm just opening my eyes. And, uh, you know, it's self-care Sunday. And today we're going to, you know, whatever the TikTok's going to be about, it's going to be able to be about something that's about self-care and something that's going to be related to me still being in bed. Yeah. And <laughs> I that's think a- this morning it was like, it should be self-care Sunday. It's self-care Sunday, but it should be like, I got to get shit done Sunday, but it's not. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's okay. And that's the other thing I was going to say too, is I love how every day you have like a new phrase for that day like sleep in saturday get shit done sunday um, wake the fuck up wednesday (laughs) you know (laughs) like like every day every day you have something new and it's really cool i i I like that you were creative in that aspect and you you, i don't know it's different i like that thanks (laughs) yeah and i came across you first on one of your lives and I sat and watched for a bit and I thought it was interesting how, and at the time you were actually having another conversation. You had a guest on and I can't remember his name. Oh, it's okay. Um, I, we know who. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. And like you were great, but I, it felt really awkward with him, but like I was okay just listening. And then I finally was like, you know what? She would be really interesting to have on the show and, and so I sent out, Hey, you know, would you want to be on the podcast? And he's like, are you talking to me or are you talking to her? And I'm just like, well, I mean, it's her live, but I'm, you know, I, I was, but I, if you want to come on, man, I'll, I'll talk to you too, you know? Yeah. And yeah. then you, and then you actually sent me like a, a request to come live with you too. And, uh, I got, I mean, it was fine, but like, I've got mixed feelings from that guy. Like he was almost like mocking me in a way. Mm-hmm. so I just kind of was like, okay, you know, I'm not going to start anything. It's not my life. I'm just going to sit back and just let him, it let was him do awkward his thing. for me. It was uncomfortable and <clears throat> awkward for myself too. Um, at that time. Cause I didn't expect that to happen. And then you're live and it's like, holy shit, what do you even do? Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like when you're doing live, it's like live TV. It's like with Will Smith slapping, um, uh, Chris Rock in the face. Right. It's like, <laughs> yeah. holy fuck, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it was like I was that was that aha moment for me. It was like, uh um, what do I do, right? Because right. I can feel how awkward it was and I was like, This is never it's never happened to me before either. So I didn't even know how to approach that situation, but um that'll never happen again. <laughs> oh, and I didn't know since I didn't know your relationship with this person, you know, I didn't know yeah. who it was. I, I I was just meeting you for the first time, so I didn't mm-hmm. know if you were close and then he brought something. I guess the whole point of this story was the thing he brought up and, and I want you to kind of talk about is he said, if she does your podcast, the only way she'll do it is if you get the word fly tattooed on your wrist. Yeah. And, and I was like, I have no idea what that has to do with anything, but Mm -hmm. I mean, okay. (laughs) I was like, my wrists are kind of taken, but I mean, if I need to get that, but, um, so he said that everybody that, is kind of, I don't know if it's part of your team or a crew or, uh, or something, but they all have the, the word fly tattooed on them. And, and so I was wondering if you could maybe go into that a little bit and explain what the fly tattoo means. Yeah. Um, okay. So first of all, there is no, um, 
someone actually refers to it as a cult. Like they think that it's like a cult like mentality because people are actually branding themselves for um, the movement. But it was actually inspired um, back in the summer by someone that came on to one of my posts and had posted something that was kind of troll like comment. And it was about my appearance. And they were implying that I had um, done things to alter my appearance. So, like, they said that I was, like, pinning back, like, the, the skin on my neck with, like, a, a clothespin. And, like, all these, like, really, like, ridiculous comments about mm. what I was doing to take this, tic like, do this TikTok. And it was by a man who actually had an account with like 15,000 followers. Cause usually when I get comments like that, it's from people that are, have no profile picture, no, like nothing. And if they do have one, like if they do have TikToks, it's like one TikTok with their cat or dog or something. Right. Yeah. And it's usually user number nine, seven, three, yeah. four, five, you know? Yeah. yeah. But this guy actually had like his, like a profile of a dog and it was like, um, uh, and the, the stuff that he was saying, I was like, wow, like this guy's a dog owner. Like that's nasty. Like, I wonder like if he's talking to a human being like that, like how, how does he treat his dog? Yeah. So I was like, so my comment to him was, um, because I already had like a, a, like a love yourself platform. That was the basis of my whole, that's my niche. Mm -hmm. But then I just said, you know, like, why don't you first try loving yourself? before you go on to other people's pages and throw out hate like you know why you gotta be like that for like just be a good person and try loving yourself before you come on here and be an asshole um maybe if you tried loving yourself first then you wouldn't be so easily comfortable going on to other people's platforms throwing shade at them like that like you don't even know who i am yeah. and maybe if you even watched any of my other content, he would know like that my whole premise of being on TikTok is to like encourage people to learn how to love themselves. So that's what fly means. It means first love yourself. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Like F-L-Y. So one night I was just out with my friend. And so I was, I had already like kind of like, initiated the whole fly thing right like first love yourself and then it kind of just snowballed um because i kept using it as a hashtag and hashtag fly hashtag first love yourself and then other people on my tiktok started using it too because they believed in it and they thought it was like really like a really profound hashtag like it's a neat it's a it's because it's a good reminder for yourself and it's good for to spread to other people and give them something that's positive so and then I was just out, out one night having foe with my friend and I'm like you know what I'm gonna see if like the dog pound's open which is like five minutes away from my house and it's a tattoo shop and I went to the dog pound and I'm like can you tattoo this on my wrist and he was like yeah sure no problem so I just walked in there and I got the fly tattoo which is right there yeah yeah, so it just says FLY, and then it just has the heart. And um, I just got it tattooed on my wrist as, like, a reminder for myself. 
And then after I made like a TikTok with the fly tattoo, um, everybody was like, oh my God, like, that's so cool. Like you were like, we can put it on our bodies. Like we can kind of be like this little like club, right? Like this family, they call it. So they just all started people that I didn't even know, like people that live in different parts of the world and country that I didn't even know were sending me uh, messages saying, Oh, I got my fly tattoo today. Like, I was like, what? Like, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) So then I was like, that's how far it reaches to people. Like when you're on TikTok, you're reaching the whole world. Right. So, you know, like you don't know what demographic and, and that's the nice thing about fly is that really like it's for anybody. It's for any race, any age, any gender, any sexuality, any religion, like it's for anybody. So it's kind of cool because it's a movement that is for anyone. It doesn't matter, you know, who you are. So it's kind of like a really kind of nice way to just kind of better the world, I guess, and just kind of add more positivity to the world because people, the philosophy is if healed people heal people, hurt people, hurt people. So if you have more people out there that are healing and learning how to love themselves, then there's more people that are going to be spreading less hate, especially on TikTok because TikTok can be very toxic. Oh yeah. And that's how fly actually started was from a person that was toxic. So, yeah, that's really cool. I had no idea that the meaning was really that inspirational. I, I, I didn't, I didn't understand it. Like I said, he didn't explain what it was. He just wanted me to get this tattoo. And I'm just like, he was, I think that was just his way of just being a smart ass. Like, probably it's not, it's not necessary. Like there's lots of people that have gotten the tattoo and different variations of it. Like some people have like big red hearts, like this one, there's, um, a, a follower that's in Texas, his name's Kevin. And he came on actually as a guest of mine a couple of weeks ago um, to tell his story about Fly and how it, how much it's impacted his life. And I had no idea who he was. I had no idea that he had been following me and that this had such a huge impact on his own life until he actually came on to my live and told me face to my face. And, um, he had told me that he was sitting in his truck and he had a gun in his mouth and he was three seconds away from pulling the trigger, um, to terminate his life. And he was on TikTok while he was sitting in his truck. And it was just so happened that it was on my live and I had said something to him like, oh, hey, Kevin, or hey, user, whatever, whatever. I think his name is Kevin uh, on his username. <clears throat> and he, it like he st- it stopped him. And then he was like t- taking it as a sign that somebody was still there. Like there was still someone that cared about him Wow! and he sent me a photo of like this huge red heart that he got tattooed on his arm with the word fly across it and that's how much it's impacted his life to the point that like it's literally saved his life and I was just like 
to me, like, that's profound. Like, I could never, I don't know, like, I don't even, I don't, re I can't wrap my head around the fact that it reaches that far. Because um, for me, it's just me just being me, right? Like, I'm yeah. just being myself. And that's just who I am as a person. And But to other people, that's a big part of what they're missing in their life. So you don't really understand that or realize that until people actually tell you and share it with you. Right. So. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So when, when he went live with you, was it during that time he was in his truck or was this a separate time? And he told, no, you, this was a separate time. So he okay. was telling the story about him that day. Like wow. he came on and said, um, he was like, he's from Texas. So he was, real hardcore Texas, Texas vet. So he was in the Navy. He was a retired vet, um, from the Navy. And he was like, ma'am, you know, I just need to come on and call me ma'am. And he was like, mm. I just need to tell you like, you know, that you saved my life. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know, I was like, you know, I, I've had other people say that, but I don't know how that's happened. Like I don't, they don't go, they don't, come on my live and tell me about it. But he's the first person that's actually ever come on as a guest to actually share in detail, like that, that, that night in his life where it changed his life, I guess, or saved his life, literally. Um, wow. Yeah. So it was pretty, I mean, it was pretty impactful for me because I never really realized that's how, far of a reach that it has with people um because you just assume that people are I don't know you don't really believe that people are are on TikTok to really take in everything that you say but there are some people out there that literally you're all they have or you're all that they like that's that you're that one person in their life that they look forward to seeing or hearing every single day. And as a creator, like, I guess that's kind of how important you are to people, depending on what you're doing on TikTok. So. Yeah. And that had to feel really incredible and scary at the same time. You know, it's it like, did. <laughs> um, it did because it caught me off guard. I didn't really right. know what to say. Um, other than to say, I'm glad you didn't unalive yourself. And that you're still here. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's doing great now. Like, he's he's doing great. But uh, there's a lot of people like him that are out there. Um, and a lot of them, unfortunately, are men. And a lot of, like, the fly community are men. Um, because men's mental health was on such a decline... And the suicide rate is over 70% of men. Wow. Um, so the self-love movement had a huge impact on the male community for that reason. Um, because they just feel like there's someone there that's seeing them, that's listening, that's, um, I guess, kind of giving a shit about their well-being like that's actually that actually cares yeah um, 
So yeah. And they've built a community with each other. So they've, they've kind of now, like they kind of support in my lives, like they all support each other. So it's kind of neat that they're expanding and as they're growing, they're expanding and growing into other people, like yeah, spreading the movement. So it's cool. That's really cool. And I'm, I imagine that wasn't your intention when you got on TikTok, right? Like cool. originally when you got on TikTok, like what were you wanting to do? Okay. So I started TikTok in almost a year ago. So in April, around April, okay. uh, April or May of last year, um, because I had COVID and I, we were in lockdown. So in Ontario here, so it was a shit show here. And I think we were in our second lockdown and I was just feeling like garbage. I hadn't, I was in quarantine for like a, over a month of mm. not being to like, not seeing anyone. My kids had it. So I had to quarantine and then I had to quarantine again and then I had to quarantine again. So it was like literally a month of not leaving my house. And I kind of just started TikTok as like a outlet just to kind of have something, some kind of connection with people because I wasn't connecting with anybody in my house or even like outside in the world because I was forced to stay in my house for a month. Yeah. Yeah. So my mental health was very fragile and I was like, okay, like I started watching a lot of TikToks and I was really like, really terrified to actually start making and creating. I didn't even know what to do because my technology skills are shit. And I was like, I don't even know what to do. Like, I don't even know how, like it took me like a month just to learn how to actually make a video <laughs> like to create it. And, um, and then once I started to create it, it was like, Oh my God, I had so much anxiety. Like it was so bad. It was like, should I post this? Like, what if people don't like it or what if they judge me or what if they say this or what if they think that or like it was so overwhelming for me and I'm already a person that has anxiety so it was like adding to it but then at the same time I still kind of got some kind of gratification out of it sure and then when I started getting like a positive response for people it actually started to build me up and make me more confident with my posts and then like gradually I could see myself like growing as a person with more content that I was creating based on the response from the followers and then took me probably about three or four months before I actually made a TikTok of me talking Hmm. because I was terrified to actually like get in front of a camera and say anything. Um, and my very first TikTok, I think, of me talking was actually me talking about w- the anxiety that I felt um, making the TikTok. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and how long did it take, do you think, before you really started getting a following? Because I didn't, first off, I didn't know it's only, it hasn't even been a year that you've been on there, so... And you're mm-hmm. almost at 90,000 followers, which is, that's great, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so how long did it take before people started to really notice you? Mm, I'd say about 
three or four months. Okay. Um, I started, I actually made a couple TikToks of, um, one of them was about dating as a single woman, like in her forties and how I was just totally over the shit show of the world of dating and that I was like done. I was just done. And I was so <laughs> mad and I made it into a TikTok. And, and I think it was just because it was so raw and authentic that people like immediately were like, Oh my God, who is this girl? Right. Yeah. They were just like, who is she? Cause <laughs> I was just like, just give it all right. And I'm just like, I'm like, this is going back. So it's still there. I should repost it one time just for fun. Um, because it's like, who, like, I look at it now. I'm like, who are you? Like, who is that? Cause I don't even <laughs> like, I'm not even the same person then that I am now. Like, cause I'm grown so much as a person. So like now it's like dating. Pff, like I don't even care. You know what I mean? It's like, ah, oh, whatever. Like, easy come easy go but then i was just like like it's such a mind fuck it was just like i was like you know what don't even get in the line just get to the back of the fucking you know what don't even go in the back of the line like don't even i was just like <laughs> and then all the comments were like <laughs> and people were just like in there like a dirty shirt because it was so relatable for so many people both men and women and they all had different perspectives on the video. Like it was just a, a, a door open for conversation. So I think when people saw that, that was kind of the gateway for me to get more followers at that point or what attracted people to me. Mm -hmm. um, and then I started using a statement of, um, I don't want the breadcrumbs. I want the whole bakery. And then that kind of like became one of like a my little ins like jokes or whatever of people um liking those tiktoks and it just kind of escalated from there um but then from the <clears throat> dating perspective and the dating videos and being single videos and all that that's when it kind of like grew into well fuck that shit like i don't that like i don't need that like yeah. I need to learn how to love myself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't, I like that is not going to be a big part of my life anymore. Like right. I need to learn self-love and self-worth and self-care and um, grow as a person and grow, learn how to grow and to love myself. So I don't feel like I need to be with anybody. Um, and that's kind of like what, what, kind of how I transitioned to my, my niche transition from that to the self-love, um, pro, you know, promoting self-love for not only other people, but like for me, like it was my journey just as much as it was for them because I'm like, I'm learning and growing as I'm trying to teach you guys. I'm trying to, to, to teach myself and trying to learn for myself. And that's kind of how it all started. And then it's just, it just, it just got grew from there. Yeah. And, uh, but you're open to any sort of like relationship that may come about that feels right though, right? You're not just completely done or are you just kind of letting things happen on its own? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, when I made that TikTok like a year ago, yeah. <laughs> yeah you, were, <laughs> you were done. <laughs> I was done. Um, but no, I think 
now that I've grown so much as a person and found, you know, I've grown to know things about myself as a woman. Um, I really feel like I'm, I have so much to offer to someone that really has to be just as special as me. So, um, and if they're not, then there's, you know, it's, it's, there is a certain level of standards and expectations. Like I don't want to make it sound like I'm like the end all be all, but I do know my worth now and I do know what I'm worthy of. And I'm worthy of the same love and respect that I'm able to give. Sure. And I always tell people that follow and that listen that, you know, you deserve the same love that you're going to give someone else. And if you're going to give a hundred percent of your love to somebody, you deserve a hundred percent back. Agreed. And, you know, you should always love yourself as much as you, as much as you love your spouse or as much as you love your kids or as much as you love whoever, like a lot of people kind of, think that they're not worthy of that love or they're not deserving of it but they are and it's like I think for me it's just that that level of standard and expectation and people always you know I'll get I'll get comments from people from men and they'll say oh you know your standards are too high or your level of expectations are too high maybe you should lower your standards and you (laughs) might find someone and it's like I'm not lowering my standards because I feel like if I do, maybe I'll meet somebody. No, like if, right. <laughs> if well, it's not going to be someone that's willing to give me the same love and respect back, then there's no place. And like, there's no place for them in my life. It's just, that's just not how it works. Well, and that's the thing. If, if somebody thinks that your standards are too high, then obviously they're not the type of person you're looking for. You know, other people may think, Oh, your standards are too low and they might not be the person for, you You know, but someone, Mm -hmm. or I'm sure a lot of people out there do share the same level of standards that you're looking for. So all those negative comments, that's just, that's people not realizing that you have expectations. They have expectations and if it's not compatible, that's why it would never work. Mm-hmm. And they're just seeking attention. And it, and it's just people trying to take was, away from you. I was married to a narcissist. I had been in two very narcissistic, abusive relationships. I lived in a women's shelter. I've raised my two kids primarily by myself, like for 20 years. Um, so, I mean, I have built my life from the ground up by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had it taken away and I've rebuilt it and I've had it taken away and I've rebuilt it and I'm not prepared to sacrifice all that again, unless it's, you know, or, and I'm not saying that it's going to happen that way, but I'm not prepared to even be willing to make, um, that step to, with someone, unless I hundred percent know that, they're going to, that I'm going to be safe, that it's going to be a safe, safe place for me to be with, with everything that I've worked so hard for. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, before it was harder because my kids were younger and, you know, I didn't want to bring someone new into my life and into their lives. And it was a really hard transition as a single mom. Um, 
but now like they're older so like my like I said they're 20 and 18 so it's just more me really like of the impact that it has on my life right <laughs> and you know I've I've really kind of made my life um like I said like I wear so many hats right like I do I am a I am a single mom and I am a kindergarten teacher and I am a boxing coach and I am an NFT uh you know co-creator and you know, I'm a friend and I'm a, a family member, but I don't have a lot of, uh, free time. I have, I, I if I'm going to make free time, it's going to be for someone that's worthy of that time. Right. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, I don't know. <laughs> no, hundred percent. Cause I would be giving I mean, up. I would have to give up or make sacrifices in my life to, to, to be mm -hmm. with somebody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That makes complete sense. So I, I don't fault you at all for that. I think anybody who does is wrong for, for doing so. Yeah. And you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. <laughs> it's like, there's of no course. winning, especially as a single white like female in, in your forties these days. It's like, you know, you don't work enough or you don't, you're not, you know, you're not doing this or you're not doing that. And it's like, but you do too much. It's like, there's no winning for losing. It's like, you're either, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't like. Right. But no, I agree with you, <laughs> but I, I have some fast round questions. Okay. If you don't mind yeah. me asking, it's just to get to know okay. you a little bit on a, on a different level than what we've been talking okay. about. <laughs> All right. Uh, what is your favorite movie and your favorite TV show? Oh, um, favorite TV show I would say was probably like currently or just in general. It, whenever. Okay, I don't have a lot of free time to watch TV these days. Um, mm -hmm. but what I just finished watching was, um, I just finished watching Shameless and uh, <laughs> Game of that was great. so good. Did you, have you watched the last <laughs> season? No, I'm still on season four. I oh, believe. you got so much to, yeah, I watched it all. Oh, yeah. I watched it right to the end. It's season 11 actually. Um, oh my yeah. gosh, I'm way behind. So behind. <laughs> I don't have a lot of time either. Yeah. So, and um, I watched um, Game of Thrones just recently, and Vikings was actually Vikings was probably one of my favorite um, movie. Ooh, movie like all time, like just like any generation. Yeah, but it could be a movie from any time. I would say Transformers. Transformers. Cool. Yeah. And how about, what is your favorite type of food? Pizza or sushi. Okay. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would you want to live? Mm. Okay. So I haven't done a lot of traveling, um, but I would say right now, probably because my heritage, like my family is from mm -hmm. Italy. I would say probably Italy. Okay. Yeah. I think Italy would be really cool actually. My dad was born there and my, um, I've never been, but it just looks like it would be a beautiful place to live. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been either, but I, I agree with that. <laughs> now, are you a slow or a fast driver? Fast. Okay. And, uh, what's your favorite genre of music? Every different genre. Okay. Um, everything from pop rock to like Gen X nineties. Um, anything I'm, I'm, I just love every kind of music. Okay. I'm not really, I can't really say there's one more than the other. Okay. 
How about, are you a go out to eat type of person or would you rather stay home and cook? Stay home and cook. And then finally, who is your favorite TikTok creator? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that's a loaded question, Kevin. <laughs> Everybody says that and that's why I put it in there. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, there's so many. Um, I really enjoy Andrew. Is it Andrew Flanagan? Mandy Hunter? Um, there's so many. Hmm. Okay. That's probably that's off the top of my head. Those are two. Okay, cool. Well, this has been so much fun, MK. I'm I'm really glad. I didn't think it was going to happen, but I'm so glad that this we were able to make it happen. And uh, I've learned so much more than I even remotely thought I knew of you. And uh, I, this has been great. And I thank you so much for coming on. I really oh, appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. And I know you said at the beginning of this that you were pretty nervous. But was it as bad as you thought? No. <laughs> It was, it was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah. And we definitely, I think you have so much more to tell and I would love to do a part two at some point because I think we just barely nicked the top end of, of you, you know? So mm -hmm. I would like to just if, talk another time if we can. For sure. Okay, great. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks. Okay, thank you. Bye. Tick talking, a tick talking, tick talking with Kevin Hughes. Holy crap, guys! I told you this was this was such an episode, crazy episode. It was so good. She's just such an amazing person. I say that about a lot of my guests, but MK is truly amazing. She was so much fun. She's done so much in her life. She's gone through so much. Just. It was just absolutely fun. I, yeah, I, there's no words I can really say to really tell you how awesome I think this episode is. And I hope you guys enjoyed it and you guys stayed till the end and I love you for that. So if I don't see you, as always, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And next week I will have another fantastic guest right here on TikToking with me, Kevin Hughes. Bye bye now.